listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little butt sucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers are gay. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Whoever you are out there in the wide world, thank you so much for lending me your ears. I I sure do appreciate it. Anyway, today I had the good fortune of speaking with none other than Ollie Henry. Now, Ollie Henry is a bat out of hell. Um, he hails from the great state of Western Australia, um, which is a cowboy territory. I tell you what, the Wild West. Um, Ollie Henry is from the south of the Wild West. He's from a place called Dunsborough, and he is a professional surfer. He's a, a, a weapon. He's an athlete. He, um, I mean, he's funny as fuck. Uh, he really is a funny guy. Uh, I had the good fortune of meeting Ollie. Um, I had the opportunity and I was working in Melbourne on a job and he also was working on the same job and we happened to have dinner one night. Um, Billy Harrison was sitting in the foyer talking to him and we all had dinner and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, it was, uh, I was, this guy's fucking funny. So, uh, I asked Ollie if he wanted to have a chat with me on the ho- in the horse's mouth, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that would be cool." So anyway, a lot of toing and froing. Like uh, Ollie left that uh, and went to Byron for a spell, then went down to Tasmania, and then came back to Vico, and then came down to Torquay to have a chat, and that was today. And now he's driving back across. Well, he's he, he he's Nullarbor um, bound. He's heading for the Nullarbor right now. He left here at about three and he was heading west, just going to drive. And um, Ollie, if you're out there, thank you so much for coming over. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know who Ollie is, he is a slab hunter of the highest order. That is a, um, uh, those of you that don't know what a slab is, it's not a a case of piss. It's a, um, well, it's that too. It sure is. A slab is a slab. And you can get a lot of things done for a slab. But this is not the slab that I'm talking about. A slab is a wave that breaks like square mutant, just like it's like thick as it is wide, like scary shit. Big, thick barrels, uh, slabs. That's what we call them in surfing terms. It's a slab. And um, Ollie, I don't know, just Google this. Ollie Henry, the right, uh, Western Australia. And there you'll understand what a slab is. And this is a slab that's out in the ocean. Um, anyway, Ollie's become quite famous for surfing this wave and it is like not for the faint-hearted. Anyway, Ollie, um, Ollie's just a really good egg too, like just a good dude and uh, funny as, doesn't take it all too seriously. Uh, I really enjoyed having a conversation with him. Uh, and, dude, I uh, yeah, safe travels. Safe travels and thanks for coming over and making the effort. I, I sure appreciate it. Um, now, what else do I want to bang on about? Uh, so last Sunday I was driving back from lunch and I was driving past a golf course. I won't name the golf course because that's what well, wouldn't be cool. I mean, I want to name the golf course, 
but I know for legal reasons I shouldn't. But I was driving back past the golf course and a fucking golf ball flies out of the golf course and smashes my windscreen, right? And I'm like, what the fuck, right? I pull in, I stop, I get the golf ball off the nature strip and I drive in and, you know, the lady behind the counter is like, oh, this has never happened before in the four years that I've worked here. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not coming back tomorrow. You know, like you should be coming out and taking photos. I'll give you the golf ball and you should be calling me tomorrow. You know, like that. this comes from yours. It's just, you know, my day is now affected. My week is affected. I'm going to have to get it fixed. But So then, and, you know, go back and forth with these guys. Here's the email that I get back. And I just this is what just this is what we've come to in society today. So just protect yourself out there, people. I've conducted a review of the circumstances leading to the accident and advise that on this occasion the da 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 is unable to accept liability. Da 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 is not responsible for stray golf balls struck by golfers, and in this case, it appears that the weather on the day may have played a part in carrying the golf ball so far out of bounds. We are not, like, what the fuck kind of golf course is this? It's one of the biggest, like, it's a huge fucking establishment. And if they're not liable for the people who are smacking their golf balls i I'm, i was just a bit dumbfounded anyway my good friend nino thank you so much he drafted me up a letter to send to them and they um came to the party pretty quickly on on fixing my window um so anyway that was just a little thing that happened there all i'm saying is is like no one wants to take responsibility for anything these days and you've just gotta you know like Fucking hell, who wants to lawyer up? Thank you, Nino. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Um, thanks for the drafting me that. So anyway, I don't know what the fuck you make of that. But Ollie, if you're out there and you're listening, dude, drive safe. Drive safe. Dodge them golf balls. Drive like the wind. I hope you enjoy my chat with Ollie Henry. Okay, see you on the other side. Wow. Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total did you did you grow up in the southwest of Western Australia? No, I didn't actually. I um, I was born in New Zealand and then moved to the Gold Coast when I was two. Lived on the Gold Coast for a few years and then lived in Angari for a few years, and then lived in Darwin for like two years as well. Like moved moved around a bunch. Like wow. Just, yeah, just with my dad's work, he just would if he got a good job, he'd just be like, "Oh fuck it, let's boost," and then ended up moving across to a place called Dunsborough in um in WA when I was twelve, and then we ended up just staying there. So, are your parents New Zealand? Yep. New are they New Zealand? Uh, New Zealanders? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're not like they're not Maori or anything, but like they're fucking they're yeah. pretty Kiwi. Like my dad. Into rugby? Pardon? Is he into rugby? Not, not too much. When he was younger, I think he was. Yeah. With North or South Island? North Island. Yeah. And does he surf? Yep. Awesome. So he got me into surfing when I was like five at Rainbow Bay on the Gold Coast. And sorry, just to cut back, did he? Is he like Raglan area? No, no, no. Like um, Auckland. Like uh. Yeah. Fuck. Whereabouts? I don't even know. Somewhere mm. around Auckland. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been back there with him? 
Yeah, I've been back like four or five times. Wow. Yeah. Is it cool? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Man, got my I... got my whole family over there. Yeah. They all look at me as like such a like imposter though. Like I fucking am like real like real Aussie. Like went the most <laughs> Aussie out of anyone because I can't remember living there or anything. Like all I know is Australia. But um, yeah, I think they find it pretty funny sometimes. They mention it. He's fucking. <laughs> he's you know, yeah yeah like yeah pretty. Yeah. He's like fuck. He he took that fucking lifestyle in pretty good. That is hilarious. I'll, prob- I'll probably get an Australian, um, like, I'm not even a citizen or anything, but I'll probably get an Australian citizenship and stuff because I fucking, I identify as an Australian. Well, hold on. <laughs> so you, ha- actually, your passport's a Kiwi? Yeah. And you've lived, but you've lived here since you were two. Yeah, it's weird, eh? That's crazy. That is crazy. But I suppose because of the Anzac thing, it doesn't matter. Like, I think yeah, go. Yeah, everything's the same. Like, I think if you're Australian, you can just live in New Zealand if you want as well. Mm. There's no real like visa requirements. I don't. There's like none of that shit. I always think that if I went to New Zealand, I might not come back. Um, like you'd get like kidnapped or like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because you're so fucking good looking. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't go anywhere. <laughs> that's fucking no. I mean, because fuck, that's funny. <laughs> no, because it's be such a good place to. Like live, I, I that's perceive. real nice. I, I reckon Australia is better though. Yeah, okay. Honestly, but but you know, cool. you are from a pretty special area in Australia. Yeah, like I I only have it through the lens of when I was eighteen, and looking back at my time in the West, I always thought, "Fuck, I wish all my friends and family lived here because yep. I wouldn't leave." Yeah, it's such a such a cool coastline. Everything like there's. There's so many waves and you're just left constantly searching or you hear about a wave here and you're like, fuck, I didn't know there was that there. Like, and then you go down there on the right swell direction and you go and hunt all these random fucking zones in the middle of nowhere and keeps you can I, keeps can, you pretty light. Can I ask? Onto a, it. There's a, is it still, I don't want to say it. So if it is a secret, I'll chop this out. But there was a place south of Marg's that was offshore when Marg's was onshore. And it was like a right-hand point in the. It was actually in the Southern Ocean. So you. Oh, um, Black Point. Yeah. Well, I oh, it's not real. It's not really a secret. Yeah. I don't reckon. And if anyone's like wants to get it off me for talking about Black Point, it's like a pretty fucking subpar wave. Yeah. It's about like ten times shitter than Winky. <laughs> it's probably like surfing that surfies point on Phillip Island. So. I remember one time, but it's but it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, and not many people knew about it. While they might have, but I don't. know, These local guys took me down one stormy day in the winter. Yep. And I remember, man, like it it blew my brain that day because we got down there, and there's a little beachy around the corner from it. Yeah. What was, what's that beachy? Anyway, there was that beachy. What's we surfed called? that beachy, and then we went around. We climbed down those cliffs and the cave. Yeah. That overlooks it, and. We sort of took it in turns through the day to paddle out because there wasn't that many ways and you yeah. want to clutter it up. And then at the end of the day, we were in the cave, had a fire and or smoked a spliff, climbed back out and we watched this guy come in by himself with a sleeping bag and then paddle out. We were standing at the top and I was so out of my depth. Yeah. I was just, and I was just looking at this guy paddle out by himself and was going to spend the night there by himself and I just remember it blew my fucking head apart. I was like... How? That, like just stoned having trouble comprehending how someone can yep. just be alone in that vast you know yeah pretty remote hey core 
right at there's actually kind of a kind of a sick right slab at the top of that top of that headland as well. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, right. There's like a seal colony there as well, so it's a bit fucking. Yeah. Well, they reckon you can see him coming around the point from that vantage because you're up so high. Yeah, I think you can. I think people do every now and then. Yeah. That was the part that blew my brain because we were leaving and it was on dusk and he was just out there by himself. Yeah, a bit of that going on in WA for sure. There's definitely some pretty, pretty like call lord lads. Yeah, well, you must be rubbing shoulders with a few, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I know a couple of them. So, yeah. <laughs> so now you moved to, do you remember Darwin or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I was only I was only like nine or ten, but I can I can remember all the stuff we used to do and how just it's the most like foreign feeling part of Australia for sure. It's kind of yeah, it's just got like the monsoon and stuff, and you can't go swimming anywhere because there's fucking crocodiles everywhere. It's got crazy fishing, heaps of bogans. It's actually it's actually really sick. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, uh, and heaps of like really crazy wildlife and stuff. It's it's cool. Yeah, so you you went to primary school up there. Yep. No shit. Yeah. Do you keep in contact with anyone? Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and so was your dad? Or your dad was always a surfer. You were saying. Yep. And would you ever go across the Bali from there? No, but I think. Um, what was your dad up to? He was working in this place called um, Jabiru, and they had like a fucking uranium mine there. And he was working on the uranium mine as like a electrician or he does like instrumentation, it's called. And he was doing that, like, I guess there's like three, like my mum and then fucking three kids. So he's got like to support a few people. So if he gets a job like that where you're getting paid like pretty fucking good money, you're probably going to take it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um. Yeah, he was just doing that. And then he bought like a tinny and stuff. So we'd just go fishing and fishing on like, when we could, you know, and like my mate, um, my mate's dad had a boat and they'd take us out and it's pretty cool. It was like a mad little fish show when I was like 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How good. Yeah. And what sort of like, um, do you know, are you still handy at fishing? Do you still like it? Yeah. Every now and then I can, I'll go have a, go have a drop. <laughs> <laughs> go get on the drop. And so, you know, uh, you're all good at filleting and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a skill, man. Like, we used to do it as kids. I don't, I don't reckon you gave me a fish now. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you just fucking... Rip in? Yeah. <laughs> gut it and then chop a fucking fillet off and cut the bones out and cut the skin off if you want and then, yeah. Scale it. Have a fry up. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah. Um, you got to catch the fucker first. So, yeah, okay, that's a fun pastime, though. It sounds so your childhood was always sort of out and about. Yeah, very, like, involved with, um, like, nature and stuff. Like, never really about fucking... Uh, never really about, like, video games or anything like that. Everything was always outside, I guess. That's my best way to describe it. Like, skating, surfing, fishing, even, like, running. My dad used to run a lot, and I'd, like... I remember when I lived in Darwin because I couldn't surf. I'd like go on like fun runs and stuff with him when yeah. I was like ten. Yeah, with uh, the, the bib, like the number on it. Yeah, so I've got like numbers and shit at home from yeah. when I was like a little grommy. Yeah, that's fun running like fucking ten k's. So you've got a big motor still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when was the first time 
Do you remember the first time that you saw surfing and you were like, fuck me, that's pretty good? Yeah, it would have been when I was on the Gold Coast when I was about five because my dad surfed in New Zealand and um, I've got an older brother. He's like two years older than me. So, like, he was always going to be the first one to get into surfing. And I remember, like, he got a surfboard for Christmas probably in 2005 or something. And then the next year I was just going, like, what the fuck? Like, how come he gets to go surfing? Like, this is pretty much, like, this is bullshit. Like, I want to go surfing as well, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. just going. Are you into... the middle? Yeah, and then yeah. I got a younger sister. Okay, yeah. So I'm pretty much, like, the fucking middle seat, like. <laughs> <laughs> is it true like you know the middle child the troubled child the oh um yeah probably the squeak- most probably the most troubled out of the kids probably <laughs> the right. squeaky wheel yeah <laughs> uh yeah so you were chasing your brother's tail and he was surfing you want to get into it and where was that was on the goldie yeah yeah so we'd end up just getting dropped off at dropped off at snapper and stuff and just left there like all day to surf and then you'd see see like mum's car like drive around the car park and you'd be like fuck waves are kind of fun don't really want to go in and then you just like every now and then i just like pretend i wouldn't see her and then she'd be like i oh, know you fucking saw me <laughs> yes, i didn't know i swear <laughs> like a, our parents like commodore or something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what commodore is that many of them <laughs> such a common car yeah. oh, too good <laughs> And so was it a hard move for you to go from there to Darwin? Yeah, it was, but I think I was, like, real young as well, so I didn't really understand. But my parents, like, sent us back down to the Gold Coast to stay with friends, but I think it was only for a year and a half or two years, and we might have got sent down to the Gold Coast once or twice. But from Darwin, we moved down to um, Angari. And then, then I was, like, that's when I, like, really, really got into surfing. And I was always, like, so into it and fucking loved it. But that's when I probably got better to where I could surf kind of, like, alone. Like, they could, like, I, I could go out by myself and no one would be, like, worried. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and then moves. So was, at that point, like, how old are you at Angari? I want to say, like, 11 or 10 or something. Yeah, so. It's all like a real short time frame of like living on the Gold Coast and then moving to Darwin and then moving to Angari and then we moved back to the Gold Coast because we are like, oh, Gold Coast is kind of home. And then we were just like, the Gold Coast was just getting real packed and stuff. And and then, yeah, my old man just got a job in West Oz. Which, which part? Uh, he worked on in like this place called like Warburton, which is out in the middle of yeah. fucking nowhere. Do you know yeah. what that is? No, but I know the name. Warburton. Is it like it's famous for something? Uh mining probably, but yeah. well, it wasn't he wasn't on a mine. He was like he's there's heaps of Aboriginal communities and stuff out there and he used to just like look after all like the power lines and stuff, I guess. Oh yeah. And he just yeah, it's pretty much um in line with Alice Springs, but on the border of West Oz and the Northern Territory. Like Remote as oh, is it like on the Gun Barrel Highway? Do you know the Gun Barrel Highway? No, I don't. It, it, it's, it's fucking it's a dirt it probably road. Is. It's a dirt road that runs from off the back of someone's going to be screaming at me, but it goes Uluru, and then there's another thing because uh, I haven't been there. I can't say it. There's another like cool thing to see out there, and then it's a high. It's a dirt track that runs straight across the WA. 
Probably, it probably, it probably is along that. It's like the most like last remote sort of track. Yep, it's a shortcut, really. It probably is. But you got to have a handy car and set up. Yep, yep. That would be. I think his work used to give him like a troopy or something to drive around in, and and um, I think they ended up saying to him like, "Oh, we'd rather employ people." It got to a point where in WA they wanted to employ people that like only really lived in WA. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we might as well fly like locals up instead of people from different states and put the money back into Western Australia. Yeah. But and so is that that's what stemmed the move back to, uh, not back to to start where Dunsborough. Yeah. And so you left the Goldie for Dunsborough. Yeah. At, at about thirteen. I had um I just turned twelve. Yeah. Like I, it was probably like the week that I turned twelve or something. And I remember, like, that year in or the year before. So this is, like, January 2013. And the year before, they'd had, like, West... Oh, had had, like, fucking five fatal shark attacks in, like, 11 months. And oh it was all God. over the news and, like, in all the papers. Like, another one. It was just, like, it was going, yeah. like... It was going fucking ham. Yeah, it was full, like, jaw shit. And, um... I was just telling my parents, like, oh, well, I'm done. Like, I love surfing snapper. Like, I'm finally getting good at surfing, doing little, like, air reverses and stuff. And, like, I'm finally getting somewhere. And all you guys just, like, you know, like, just like it was the end of the world. And then got there and just kind of, like, pushed through it for the first, like, few months and then got a bit more used to it. And I was so fucking scared when I first moved there of, like, heavy waves and just, oh, everything was just so scary to me. Because that Bunker Bay, right? Is it Bunker Bay? Yep. There'd been a fatal in there, hadn't there? Yeah. I, the white swam under me out there like three months ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like a decent... Yeah. Well, I didn't see it. Just someone kind of like behind me saw it and then was yelling at me, hey, fucking... And I was like, what? They're like, because if you didn't see that. And I was like, how is I it, wasn't man? looking for it. Yeah, but like how sneaky they yeah, are. Yeah, it was real sneaky, apparently. Fucked Man, that's the spooky part. Like, I remember surfing, you know that left at Ellensbrook? Uh, there's just a little left out the front of the Ellensbrook car park, just to the oh, uh, left sucky of Sucky lefts? Sucky lefts. Yeah. It's like, it's not a heavy wave. It's just a little fun wave. You know, and Numbies is over there. Yeah. I came in from surfing that one morning with a guy and he was like, did you see that fucking shark in the channel? And I was <laughs> like, dude. Fuck no. Nah. Like I wouldn't have fucking stuck around if you had a fucking anyway. Yeah. I thought you saw it, but you were just a fucking legend and just <laughs> yeah. stayed out there. How fucking... cool are you? Yeah, I thought you were gonna put it in a headlock or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Dude, yeah, the joint like lit up because when I was there there'd been none of that. Yeah, I've heard that eh, from people that have been there years ago and like my perspective on it's so different because I got thrown into it like right in the prime of all that like mass hysteria pretty much. Yeah, so then you de- you delved into that. Now, at that point, were you looking at it like you're obviously still at school? How was school for you? Yeah, I was all right. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't mind it. wasn't like a hell crazy fan of school, but I had you got like, through friends and stuff. Yeah, I'm not saying. Were you a loser at school? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like I, I did all right at school. Yeah, like, name got... them, name them. Who were you? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I you wouldn't know me. Yeah, I meant scholastically, you know. 
Oh, like how was I like in far as like fucking intelligence and like grades and stuff? Did you enjoy it? Like I was terrible at school. I wasn't very good at it. But no, I was yeah. alright. Like yeah. got through everything. Never, never failed anything. That's for sure. Did you have aspirations like uh, outside of surfing? Um. Uh, not really. Yeah, it's pretty fucking pretty epic thing to be looking at, right? Yeah, so- kind. I kind of um. Well, I didn't even have a main sponsor until I was, like, 17. So I had nothing. Like, I was, like, not looking like, oh, I was thinking I was going to... I was thinking I was just going to end up being an electrician like my dad. It wasn't really, like, an aspiration. I was just thinking that's probably what I'm going to have to do. I did, like, a TAFE course to get, like, an apprenticeship easier and stuff and then got sponsored by Rusty. And so you've been with Rusty for since you are 17? Yeah, about four... Probably five years at the end of this year. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. And so what? how did that come about? Was that through doing comps or just like people well, watching? Well, I actually never really did the Grom comps. Like, or like not how like a lot of people do them, like drive up and down the coast, do every single one. Like I'd do a couple, but I never would like make the final or anything. And that's like in WA with the fucking under-14s and I, like, couldn't even, like, scrape together a fourth place. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then... Was that... Do you think... Was... I just started making videos with my mate Oakley that films and we would just make these funny little, like, surf Insta, like, one-minute Insta clips and then um, my mate Hummer, his name is, was friends with the Rusty team manager and the Rusty team manager hit Hummer up and asked if he, like knew any like up and comers or something that like he could spono <laughs> I guess <laughs> and then yeah Hummer kind of fucking whipped me into that one and um yeah I just got like clothes and stuff at the start and then just kind of weaseled my way into getting paid a bit of money and they were all for it and seemed to back what I was doing didn't really have to change much of my life or anything just which is good about it, like, I'd just keep doing what I was doing and they were happy for it and it just grew, like, you know, as people say, like, organically. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah. around a bit, but pretty much happened like that. Yeah, so they were saying, like, uh, you know, it's a brave new world, like, in my mind. So your career is off the back of, you know, Instagram, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's freaky, yeah. It's great. Like, because I see a lot of negatives with the gram, you know, for mental mental health and, like, uh, comparing yourself and things like that. But then the truth is there's plenty of people make money and a career and it's an exposure. I feel like sometimes I look at my own Instagram when I'm, like, having shit days or a shitty week or something and I, like, scroll through it and it's like, fuck, people must think that I've got, like, (laughs) just have the most, like, mental fucking, like, life set up all the time and it's just, like, it's not always like that, you know? No. Like, Like, I've I've got it pretty good but I would, like, hate for someone to just be, like, looking at me and being, like, oh, fuck, I wish I was, like, you know, doing all that shit because, you know, like everyone's just off on their own kind of, it's another one that gets thrown around a bit off on their own journey. Like, you know, and everyone's got their struggles and no one's putting themselves doing the dishes on Instagram. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, I'll fucking put a video I made on and do shit on Instagram. I've been thinking about doing it as well. Yeah. Like, just like, you know what, let's put some, like, real, like, boring, this is, you know, like, because you look at it and you go, oh, my God, everyone's just fucking having these sick lives. But, and people are. Like, we're not at war. Yeah. You know, most people have got food and clothing and it's a pretty happy time. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, look, all I'm drawing out is in a long way, like, unreal that that's what has kicked off for sure like and i think for a lot of people it's sort of social media has done that like i don't like the idea of being an influencer and stuff like i reckon all that shit's real like that side of things is like really really toxic because i know like a lot of influencer chicks that are just absolutely fucking bonkers and like they're like meant to be the people that are like a young girl or something's meant to look up to but if you actually know that person in real life, you're like, that's like the last person you'd want as a fucking role model. So it's good when like good people are like role models for people, but it's fucking, it's pretty shit when someone's like a bit of a fucked hard oh, and a role model for someone. Yeah. But I, you know, like that's across the board. Like you could say it with actors and news presenters. Yeah. And, it's know. all, it's all like in the same. It's not just, it's not just social media. Yeah. There's lots of, we're being led by a lot of fucktards, even yeah. politics, <laughs> podcast operators, podcast operators. <laughs> you know, it's fucking across everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm a fucktard. You know, that's fine. <laughs> but no, nah, it's good. Out. It's it's so good for like young people to get like discovered through social media in whatever, not just surfing, like other things, like other board sports, like skating, snowboarding, all sorts of things. Like it opens it up for fucking everyone to be able to get you know a fair try in a way if that's what you're trying to do so they said to you rusty says yeah just keep creating content and and keep charging yeah well like i wasn't even surfing like big waves or anything when i got sponsored by rusty so it was you're pretty handy on the you gotta like i've been having a look are you surfing online doing some homework you got uh, a pretty complete game. You've got air, you're fucking powerful as fucking your turns, uh, and charge and small waves. So it's like, you know, if you were saying you weren't doing well competitively, is it because you're a lot better now or is it because you fucking shit the bed when you get a jersey on? Yeah, I think I, think <laughs> I probably would just shit the bed, eh? <laughs> like every now and then I'd have a good heat where I'd get like two eights or something, but that's when you're yeah. like... 14 and it just doesn't even really mean anything but i don't know i just wouldn't sometimes i'd feel like real bad if someone else was like having like if they were surfing bad and then i would just like not want to like surf good because i'd be like oh they obviously care way more about it than i do you're an empath yeah well fuck not you have feelings probably not probably too nice a guy probably fucking not that much anymore probably growing up a bit and got it a bit like oh fuck them yeah I feel yeah. like if I was in a heat now and I saw someone like that, I'd be like, fuck, what a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now I am going to throw down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you weren't charging that much. You were just sort of like, what were your favourite waves? Um, well, used to surf this wave called Smith's Reef that was real fun. That wave, Rabbits, that everyone would have seen heaps of footage of Taj and that out there. Uh, where else? 
I actually was surfing the box like a fair bit before I got sponsored by Rusty, but I don't think I was, I wasn't charging like, I wasn't surfing like the ride or anything like that. Like I was charging like four to five foot waves. Not no, like, I know, but like those four to five foot, ten foot waves, those four to five foot waves, like the box and yeah, they're kind of as heavy as a wave gets that big. I reckon grunters. Yeah. And you say, like I said to you the other day, which is, I was thinking fucking hell. Uh, I said to you uh, something about North point and I thought North point was heavy and you were like, I never really thought of North point as a heavy wave. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fucking hell. It's I mean, 10 times fucking heavier than winky pop. I tell you. It is. It does have its moments where it's pretty heavy, but I don't know. It's not like... Yeah, it's not like the right... Nah. No, but I think that you're now gauging on things on, like... Yeah, fucking... like, my gauge is way different. Like, it, it is heavy. You can get fucked up and stuff, but in terms of, like, what, like, you see out some of these other places, it's, you know, it's not really... Even, like, Nalu. Nalu is probably the heaviest um, eight-foot kind of wave that people see stuff of in West Oz, I reckon. Oh, like it definitely is. Have you been up the north a few times? Yep. Fractured, fractured my back at Nalu once. What? Yeah. Is, that, is that an airlift out, ambulance out, or you have to, what happens? So tell us about, so you went up there, how old? 18, I think. 19, probably. First trip? No, nah, I'd been there like four times. Sick. And so, do you have, how long do you stay up there for? You camp out? and Yeah, you, that the time I hurt myself, like I've been up there for two weeks before, I've been up there for five days. Like It's it's easy when you live in West Oz because you can just drive up and day to drive up and day to drive back. But I don't know, that trip I just went up with my mate Zach Haynes because there was swell coming and we got up, we got up there, drove through the night, got up there at like two or three and there were waves but no one was out and... It's kind of side oh, So in the afternoon. Yeah, it's in the afternoon. Yeah. And fucking went out like all frothing and just got like KO'd into the bottom and then... First wave. Uh, I'd had a couple little like fun ones, but the wind, were, the wind was shit. If it was now, I wouldn't even like... I wouldn't paddle out. Yeah. But anyway, I... Yeah, just got like... I went to pig dog as I took off and like a little bit of whitewash light hit me in the back somehow. Like I guess that the wave was going to like roll in. It was weird, but yeah, I just got, I got thrown over once and I didn't hit the bottom that time. And I was like, Oh, I'm fine. And then the next time I just slammed the reef so hard and then slammed my fucking head on the reef as well. And then I came up and I was like, Oh fuck! Am I dead? Am I dead? Like <laughs> thinking like that. Like, I hit the bottom so hard, like the hardest I've ever hit anything. It just oh. felt so weird. It felt like it made like my whole fucking bones like vibrate, and my back was just like ripped to shreds. Like my weddy was all ripped up. There was like blood, kind of like blood, sort of everywhere. And got to the rocks, and everyone was looking at my head, and though everyone was worried about my neck, but all I didn't even know I hit my head. At the time. And I was like, my back is fucked, eh? And I got carried up the rocks and had to have my wa- my mate, Zach, had to, like, take my wedding off for me and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I actually stayed, there, stayed in the campground one night because I felt bad because I wanted him to, like, actually get waves. And he started the next day and then took me to hospital. And then stayed the night in the hospital, got scans and... Where'd you go, Carnarvon? Yep. 
The hospital's like, I think it's just it had just been redone, so it wasn't that bad. People say how shit it is, but Carnarvon's a pretty shit town, but the hospital's like fucking not that bad, I don't reckon. Yeah, okay. Had like CT scans like four times or something. Like they, they went over it pretty thoroughly. And so what did they find? Oh, uh, just like chipped the top off one of the vertebrae or something. and Yeah. They they said it's like the most it was like the most mellow you could ever like fracture your back like yeah, it was yeah. like probably pretty like so did you drive home or yeah did you we, be drove, we home? drove back drove the next day just like sat sat on a pillow and, and tro- so sorry I keep cutting you off but like what's the recovery time like on that it's probably like three months like it wasn't like it wasn't yeah, okay. real long or anything but yeah. I remember the like scar tissue in my back just would feel so weird and. It, the cuts would get like infected and stuff, and it was it was a bit shocking. The bruising on my back, like like you couldn't see my spine or any of the like muscle tone in my back because it is just so blown up. Wow. Yeah, like if you saw me from the back, you'd be like, "Oh, this cunt must have the fucking biggest <laughs> biggest gut on him, eh?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna pack in a couple of kgs. <laughs> you gotta calm down on the emu, fucking Ollie Henry. <laughs> yeah, my whole back was just like looking pretty, like pretty purple. Weird injury, but luckily recovered. And have you've obviously been up there a few times since? Um, only once. Eh? I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I got like a bit, bit scared. Really? Yeah, and. Isn't it that... got really, really crowded through COVID, and that was a year before COVID. Uh, and I was like, why would I go up there when I can just go somewhere else, like down the coast, for the same amount of money and surf with no one? Like, it's a sick wave, but I could go do, like, so many trips to the right for, like, the same amount of coin as it costs for the fucking stay in the campground at Nalu. Like, they charge, like, 40 bucks a night just for a camp spot now. Really? Yeah, and if you bring, like, a filmer up to film, then it's, like, makes it 80 bucks a night. And, yeah, they it's, like, a bit of a stitch-up. Did anyone get footage of that wipeout? No, nah, there wasn't even anyone filming. I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> this is just, like, paddled out because you had your froth on. Yeah, it was, like, the it was full, like, grum froth shit, like, dumb. So, um... So you you say you weren't really that engaged on the big wave aspect at that point, but when do you reckon somewhere in there you must have sort of realised that I feel pretty comfortable in situations where my mates might not be feeling so comfortable? Do you ever have that moment or not really? Is that a bit of a weird one? Kind of, but, like, at the same time, like, I still don't really feel that comfortable when I surf big waves. Like, I just, like, do it because I, like... I know I, I know I want to do it, but and like I you have to like want you know with shit like that you have to want it more than you sort of scared of it and I like was like wanted it so bad but was so scared but just sort of like push through. Whereas there's some people that are like real relaxed. I've I do have days where like I feel like oh this is like fine, but then I have other days where I'm just shitting myself like Something probably hard off. probably harder than anyone. But are you superstitious? Oh, not really. Yeah. Um, 
do you think that's like this to some degree it's like the safety mechanism in you or the shadow self because you know like when you try and further yourself sometimes the shadow self can sort of say nah you're fucking nuts stay in your box like you know yeah well sometimes um oh, i thought you were cracking the teeth <laughs> um, it's a mineral water <laughs> yeah some sometimes i um if I'm like feeling like a bit like more scared than I usually would or something rocking up to like a heavy wave, I just know that like I'll probably feel better once I get a good one. Like I'll feel better than I would have if I had just rocked up feeling kind of normal, like relaxed and just like cruising and get a couple all like, you know, like nonchalance kind of shit. Like I would, yeah, so if I get real scared, I kind of know that when I once I do it, it's going to be like more of a high because I know where I'm coming from. And then it's just like a, it's like a bigger release because you're already telling yourself not to do it. And then you go and do it. And it's just like, fuck yeah. Like I, you know, I did it, got it done. So just some context for anyone that might not understand, I suppose the brevity of what we're talking about, where these waves are fucking gigantic. Are they out, they're out to sea. They're bombies, right? Yep. And, um, they sort of start breaking at how big? Right, probably starts breaking at ten foot. Yeah, okay, and holds up to probably I don't know, like just like really big, like really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Big. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how to measure things in feet. Once you go past like fifteen foot or twenty foot, fuck. Isn't maybe it weird? maybe it gets like fifty foot. Like it's just out of control. I haven't surfed it when it's that big, but it probably a, a probably a fucking thirty or forty foot like square as square as anything like barrel could you know come through out there. And can you paddle it at twelve feet? Nah, no. Nah, it's a to- purely tow wave. It's purely tow wave. Like people talk about like oh like why don't people paddle it and stuff, but. Once you're out there and you realize like the how much water is moving and how much water like draws off the reef, like there are waves that you could paddle, but it's just compared to like what you'd be getting towing, you're like, why would you paddle that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be yeah. like sitting out the back at chopes. You know how you see chopes when it's like twenty foot and crew are like towing it and there's just just people towing. It'd be like, oh, in between one of those tow waves, there might be like an eight-foot wave that's like kind of like junky that you could get. That's probably what the right's like. Yeah. And you, But you're just like, you're, you're literally just paddling so you can say that you're paddling to like act like you're more of a fucking like, yeah, more like of a soul surfer. It's like there's no point. Mm. The bodyboarders paddle it, but they've got like a different like style of what they do with like their scoop and stuff. So... It actually does make a bit more sense for them, but a surfer's not going to be able to like scoop how a bodyboarder does. So the bodyboarders can actually get some pretty good waves. And bodyboarding, like towing and bodyboarding, don't really go together that well. It's like it's like actually real hard to tow when you're on a boog. Well, you get too much speed and wouldn't be able to find an edge. Yeah, you get like you can get skippy and like also um they've got to hold their bodyboard and hold the rope in one hand and get towed in like one handed, and it's just like it's and you can't read the wave as well because you. Yeah, because you're laying down, it's it's actually quite difficult. So hats off to any of the bergs that tow it. Well, any of the bergs that just paddle it, I reckon. Oh like, yeah, fucking totally. Just like bergs in general. Hats off to bodyboarding. 
I got a bodyboard in my car. I love going for a boog when it's fucking two foot slabby. Look, man, if uh, if Camel's doing it, power to it. Yeah. Some of some of my mates are trying to g me up to like, like you should just whip like one wave on the boog at the right. And I'm like, fuck, it'd be pretty like, be a pretty monumental moment. <laughs> be funny shit. So do you remember the first time that you were like, someone offered you a, you know, did you did you get a ski to go and chase those sort of ways or did someone first offer you a lift or how did that Yeah, work? so my mate um, Jake started this um, this like little local wedding brand that kind of just ran for like, it, like it's, it's done now, but kind of ran for like six months and he used to surf the right and he was like, oh, you should come out there and like drive the film ski for us. And just like check it out and see see what you think of it and if you like are interested in it or whatever. So I went out there once when I was like seventeen and I was like, oh fuck that! Like I just like it's actually crazy because a lot of waves you look at you like, oh you could surf that wave, but then you rock up there and you're like, I swear you can't surf this. Like it's fucking ridiculous. It's just so heavy and like it looks so much bigger when you're watching it there. Oh. Fuck, man. And, um, yeah, anyway, I was watching watching him get a cut. It wasn't even a big day. Like, if I went out there now, like, on that same day, like, I, I would probably be like, oh, this is, like, nothing compared to what, what it can do. But anyway, like, another year went by and they were going out there again and I was like, actually, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of keen. Like, I kind of reckon I could do it now. Like, I'd... Just because it put in my mind, like, how scared I was and how, like, much of, like, a a mental block I had to do that, like, sort of, I guess, like, indirectly, like, made me more, like, attracted to, like, going to that because it had, like, made me, like, feel so, like, out of my comfort zone and so, um, you know, like, it made me feel like I'm, like, I'm staying in my box if I don't do that and that was, like, the way to, like, expand, like, my surfing. And I guess I just was like, oh, fuck it. Like, let's go have a crack. And I went out there with my mate Zach and Henry. And first wave I got was actually like a pretty sick one. It was like tw- it was like probably 12 foot. Second wave I got smashed on. And it was a smaller day. But it was it was probably the perfect day to surf it for your first time. And You know, obviously towed at other places previous. Or was this your first towing experience full stop? Um, my mate Jake had like taken me towing at beaches and stuff before. Yeah. But it was like sort of, it wasn't my first towing experience, but it was my first towing experience in like a wave over like four foot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And were you just tripping balls on like the way you could just set yourself up, set your line and. I just couldn't believe how much, how much water was drawing up. Just had never felt like. I'd never felt like my board was just going to get sucked up from under my feet before. And I was like, holy shit, like on the wave, like I can't believe like that's like what it feels like. Like it, fe- it feels pretty sick. Are you right? Is your feet are strapped in? Uh, I don't use straps, but some people do. You don't use I straps? I have a toe board, but yeah. it doesn't have straps on it. I've just got front pads. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Have you used straps? Uh, I used straps at Chippies the other day. That was my first time using straps. Fuck me. So all that footage of you, no straps. 
never used straps at the right before. Is it a fear thing or is it just like you like the dexterity of being able to plant your feet, move them around? Is it... Yeah, I don't know. I just had never really like thought about using them. Because you know the risk factor of injury if you wipe out. I, yeah, I, you know. and there's no step in the wave and it, it, it sucks so smooth. So it's kind of like you don't really need them. Yeah. But there are times where they could probably come in handy, but I don't know. Like the, I guess the crew that I was hanging with, like didn't, didn't, they didn't used to wear them, so I was just like, oh fuck it, and yeah. I, I don't really like the way, I don't really like the way they look or anything, and it's like another like part, a bit of equipment that you have to buy, and I was like, fuck, another hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> back then, I was like, you know, fuck, another hundred bucks. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So, and you've got to figure out where you want to place them and if they're in the right spot. And then if you go and surf and they're in a shit spot, you're just like, well, you might end up like getting belted on a wave that you probably might have made. But there's pros and cons of them for sure. You can get real high on a wave if you have straps and like pull it off. But it definitely is like there's more, there's way more skill involved if you don't use straps. Now, you said you made the first one and you said you wiped out on the second one. Yeah, the second wave was probably only 8 or 10 foot there. And so you, what happened? You just got caught, thrown over? Yeah, just caught a rail like going into it and um, got sucked over and didn't get like didn't get like crazy smashed or anything, just got like sort of like blasted for like probably like 10 or 15 seconds or something and then popped up, but not like nowhere near as long as you could go down for there. But You can have massive hold downs there, can you? Yeah, like is real. It deep, is it deep water reef or is it? Real, it's um, It hits like a, a shallow shelf and then pretty much where the lip lands, it's like just deep ocean again. So it just hit. And that's kind of why it doesn't break when it's um smaller. Like it probably would if the reef just ran the same depth like the whole way to the to the bit or just for another like two hundred meters, it would probably like it probably would break eight foot. But it just doesn't have time and it needs it to be bigger so it can draw all the water off the reef and then throw like the big cave. And the lip just lands in deep water and you just get driven just into like the abyss. It's it's not like crazy deep but it's deep enough that you get pretty slammed and with all that water going going above you as well it's not you know it's not just um like it's like 12 or 14 meters deep but then you've got like another like five or eight meters of water on top of you yeah, from the it's wave so thick man those photos i can't yeah like it's got that that whole thing is going on top of you plus if it pushes if it decides it wants to push you down real deep you're pretty pretty done in Yes. Um, so that was obviously a, a positive and a real step in the direction of like, this is, this is, so you say uh, the right is just as expensive as going to Nalu. Well, nah, it, it's way cheaper. Nalu is like a 16 hour drive and the right's like three hours from where I live. Yeah. And then how long on the ski? It's probably like a, Half an hour or forty minute ski drive from the boat ramp, and yeah, I ended up surfed it for that year that I um that I like had that first session, and then ended up um saving up and buying a jet ski. 
Because, you know, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be the guy that's like just out there using everyone else's shit. So, yeah, water ski. What sort of ski did you get? Bought a uh, Yamaha? 2010 Yamaha FXHO. Yeah, yeah. Everyone says that they're the ones. Yeah, that's what you want. Somewhere, an FX of any kind. Like, you, well, I mean, like, if you can afford to buy a fucking new one, buy a new one, but I can't, but. The engine, the engine in the FXs has stayed the same since 2009. So, all you're paying for is like extra, like bling. Yeah. And my fuel tank's bigger than the newer ones as well, so I get, I've got more range on it. So, what sort of range do you get on, on them? I think it obviously, if you're like trying to go real fast, it's going to use more fuel. But I think if you go on it like a, I don't know, like 40 k's or something, 40 k's an hour, you could probably get. 150 or 180 k's out of one i reckon and in the ocean that's heaps yeah 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 but But, these incredible like use what a tool they are i reckon they've changed the game have you ever taken your parents out and shown them like some weird shit that they'd never even get the experience to see (laughs) no i've thought about that man i should yeah like putting my dad my dad's got a boat yeah. So he can he gets out and about a bit, but yeah, just usually I'm on like some sort of mission with my mates going to do some weird random shit. So they're pretty they're pretty cool. It's opened up so much stuff to me. Yeah. Like I don't reckon I could ever like not have one. Like if I I wouldn't ever like sell it just because I was like, oh I'm fucking over this. Like, if I can afford to have a jet ski, like, I, I always will, I think. Yeah, It's man, a pretty I, essential tool yeah. in West Oz. Well, I think, yeah, totally. Even if there's, like, paddle waves that you want to go out and surf, you can, like, drive out to them and, like, anchor your ski or someone can sit on it while you surf. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, like, we do that at the box sometimes. Like, it's not all about, like, using the ski to tow with. Like, it's also used for, like, just getting out. Like, they're, it's, they're pretty much the most seaworthy, like, craft. Even though they're tiny, like, they're, they're so seaworthy compared to even, like, a six-metre boat yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and safety too. Like, just yeah. to know that there's one around. Yeah, for sure. Like, they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I've used one. A couple of times, my mate Boots got one, and we have anchored it off a bomby out here and surfed it yeah, a few times. Yeah, that just... kind of stuff. Like it's stuff that you probably wouldn't even be doing if you didn't have the ski there. There's no fucking white paddle out there, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. At some stage, we'll be looking to acquire one. Um, yeah. So now we strangely met on a film set. Yep. And so was that your first experience doing something like that? Yeah. Yep. Got the got the fucking stunt double job. So how did that you said flick palmateer? Yeah, she um uh friend like messaged her and was like, Oh, do you know anyone that like can surf like good and like sort of has this physique or something and she thought of me and and then she sent me this message like hey ollie like i hope you didn't mind there's this like lady that's gonna message you so if there's this random lady messaging you like that's like who it is and i'm just like 
fuck, I get fucking random women messaging me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Add it to the list. Yep. <laughs> She's like, yeah, well, just don't flirt too hard with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Which one was she again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, anyway, this like lovely lady, uh, lady named um, Fran just messaged me and she said, oh, hey, and she just told me what she was about and if we could jump on a call and then explain it all to me and I was like, yeah, that, sound, that sounds all right, like, I'll get like I'll get amongst it. It was in March as well, so it wasn't in like peak season for waves. So I knew I wasn't really going to miss anything at home, and I thought I might be able to sneak across to Shippies, which is what I ended up doing. <laughs> oh, we've got a dog scratching on the window. Oi, you out there? Pipe down. We're busy. Pipe down. I know you miss me. <laughs> we only just met. Surely um, you're not that clingy already. <laughs> So they had a few different locations. We'll see if we can push on without having to shut her up. Uh, all right, hold on. Pause. Pause. It's thirsty. <laughs> so, uh, so what? Then that phone call with her obviously went well, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll fly you out." Yeah. Well. Oh no, she, you didn't fly out. Yeah. Well, so she was like, "Oh, we'll fly. We'll fly you over," and um. You can like just stay at the accommodation that we give you, and then we'll um get like a driver to come pick you up every morning, and it'll be for like three weeks or something. And I was like, "How about how about I drive over, and so I can bring all the stuff that I want to take for being away from home that long?" And I was just my whole my whole mindset wasn't like oh about going to do this job. It was more about like getting to go. And, like, see Victoria and then go to Tassie and everything and, like, do it without really having to pay anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Um, but then getting paid for, like, doing the job as well. So I was like, it's a no-brainer. Like, if I take my car, I'm just doing, like, a sick road trip pretty much and then getting this, like, whole, like, other experience with, like, the Netflix job and all that, like, at the same time. And... um yeah, I just thought like, oh, on the way, like if I'm already over there, I can just drive back. And they said, oh, well, we'll we'll just we'll spot your fuel, and you just get yourself here by this time. And that's just what I did. did and did you stop off on the way? Or did you just straight shot at it. I I was gonna, but I don't know. The charts weren't really looking like anything too flush down in South Oz or anything. But that actually looks alright for the way back. So hopefully, you get together couple of tubes so did you did you have fun on the job yeah i had fun it was interesting at the start like i wasn't i wasn't really sure about it and how things were like running and then once i got used to the way like a film set worked i like started liking it more but at the start it was just real confusing to me and i just i but that's just because i didn't understand it and yeah it just ended up um yeah quite liked it and Hopefully I managed to get another couple of gigs and hopefully I didn't make anyone think that I was a fuckwit too much. It's an odd dynamic though. Like yeah. The, the, the chain of command and just all the sitting around. Yeah. And just like, yeah, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a funny one to grapple with. I totally understand, man. Yeah, I just didn't quite understand because like, I've done jobs before, like just like labouring and like work, used to work at Coles in Nightfield and stuff and jobs where like you're getting paid to like do things like constantly, like you have to get, you get paid by the hour, but essentially like 
with that, like, I'd go out and surf for fucking 20 minutes and then that would be my day done. But I might have sat around for four hours and done nothing and just drunk coffee and just, like, talked, talk, like, shit to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And um, once I got used to the fact of, like, they're paying for, like, something that, like, doesn't take that long to do, but it's kind of like how, you know, like how a doctor gets paid, like, they get paid fucking heaps and you like go to a doctor's appointment. It might take 15 minutes and it costs like 150 bucks or something. It's like, but you're getting, they're getting paid for like how long it took for them to learn how to like perform their skill. And that's sort of like in a different way, how it felt when I was doing that job. So like a really good actor might go on and do a scene for two hours and might get paid like 10 grand or something, but it's like, it's worth its weight in gold kind of. Yeah, and the work that he's put, that person has put in. To learning how to like their craft is, you know, like you can't really put a number on it. So that's sort of how it felt with the surfing. And once I got used to it, I was like, oh, fuck, it's pretty good just sitting around doing fuck all. Yeah, yeah, no, I tend to agree. Getting paid, it's kind of like, oh, Got heaps of food there, I was just tucking in. <laughs> Last day they like brought out all this nice sushi. And um, no one was really hitting it that hard, so I was just like, fuck it. Just like put like put like fucking like five or like ten rolls of sushi in like a paper towel and just took it home, made it for dinner. Nice. Was that, was that at the end of... That was at the wave pool. Yeah. yeah That's so, when I met you. Yeah. And so how was, um, how was up north? It was fun. I only did like two or three days. I, it wasn't my favourite leg of it or anything like... We stayed in nice accommodation and stuff like that, but I've never really... That hasn't really ever been something that matters to me that much. Yeah. It's more about, like, what the waves are like and what you... Everything else is happening there, but... How weird was that hotel that we were staying in? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not walking It was a lot there. better than that, but, like, I didn't even really, like, mind it. It just would have been nice if there was a window that you could open. That's the only thing, right? You can't shut the AC down and the window doesn't open. It's just, like, I feel like you're in a constrictive box but anyway yeah you're uh, like I, you're just you know fucking headlocked for 10 days when i walked into that hotel i expected from the outside that there'd be no one in there like just no one i just thought this is like jail yeah and i just didn't think there'd be any and then you walk in and the foyer was bustling there's just like odd cats like such a different demographic of people you know, it was an odd there you go. If you want to, if you want to get cultured, guys, you just got to go down and spend a night at the uh, the Tullamarine Mantra. <laughs> mantra, the Mantra. <laughs> yeah. Bang! Oh my God! There was like Russian hitmen floating through, sort of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd though that you said that when you were washing your clothes and you came back and you were like the vibe in the laundromat out there. Oh yeah. There was just so many. There was like every different like culture that like I mean, well, like fucking obviously not every different one, but there was like so many different like cultures in there, and there was like no one in there that was Australian, and it just made you think of like where those people like might have come from and how yeah. rough they might have been doing it, like in their like in their like home country, and they probably like come to Australia to make like a different life, and like they don't even have a fucking like washing machine at home, you know? Yeah. And still, it wasn't like they were backpackers doing washing. It was like big families like walking in, like doing their washing with their kids and stuff. And it just sort of like, I don't know. I, I was just it's like, an a, eye opener. yeah, kind of in a way, in like a really weird, random, like, I don't know, like, oh my fucking washing detergent way. Like, 
<laughs> it was, yeah, but I, I was actually, it was kind of enlightening, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know what's happening for those families at all, but you, yeah. also you see how some people are doing it and you just yeah. are pretty grateful for the life yeah, that you have. for sure. To have surfing and be Tal- connected. Talmarine's with- kind of the hood. Oh, man, yeah. It's pretty bronxy. Well, Sloaney was saying that he was going to the sauna. There was a sauna out there and he said just to be a fly on the wall in the sauna out there <laughs> listening to the conversations between the males that would con- congregate in there in the evening. Yep. He said it was just like some next-level conversations. I bet. Thing, you know? Um, yeah, okay, so then... Uh, I saw vicariously that you uh, had your photo taken with one of your mate's kids up there that seemed pretty stoked to... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, went, went and stayed um, after the show finished. It finished on a Thursday, right? Like Thursday last week. What is it today? Wednesday? Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. So it finished on Thursday last week for me and I had the accommodation booked till Sunday, which is like a pretty nice pad, but I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm out of here. Went and stayed with, um, have you heard of the Dorringtons before? Breno, Brent Dorrington, Luke Dorrington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're like a surf familiar. family. Um, Gary Dorrington actually is from, from Phillip Island. He used to shape boards called like Hard Rock. <laughs> anyway, he, um, I'm like friends with their family and just went and stayed with the, those lads for a few nights and just caught up with a bunch of bunch of mates and just kind of, yeah, just like hit the piss pretty much. <laughs> Did you hit it hard or did you just... Oh. I not, find this interesting because... Not that hard. Yeah. No, I, like only from my own run mark experience and I just wish that I ha- could keep the brakes on some degree. And so I'm always keen to know what it means for someone to hit the piss, you know. <laughs> oh, I probably was getting home at 12. I don't know, just like... But you remember the whole night? Yeah, most of it. <laughs> I remember putting 20 bucks in the pokey machine and not getting anything back. Nothing. Nothing. Fuck. Hey, but then I put I put $1 in and got 7 bucks. And I was like, what if that was my 20 bucks? And, and then like, you lost the $7. <laughs> um Yeah, I was actually going to get it out and buy a beer with it and be yeah. like, wow, what a successful gambler. <laughs> Because uh, I, I never do that. Like, I don't, like, punt on anything. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, but I was just like, oh, I'll lose this 20 bucks. Like, I'll just see what happens. But, and then I just had a dollar in my wallet and put a dollar in and just got seven bucks. And then, yeah, ended up just getting it out and ended up just sticking it back in and just lost everything again. <laughs> so, so, don't gamble. Oh, it's crew that do, like, $500, like, bet. Like, they put 500 bucks in one and you're just like, what the fuck? Oh man, I'm luckily not a gambler either. Yeah, it's I'm lucky as well that I don't do. I've got heaps of mates that like tap in pretty hard, and I reckon it's like, I don't know, like it's fun if you've got heaps of money and you can you can afford to lose that. But there's a lot of people that do it that can't afford to lose money, and then they do, and you're like, well, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? Fuck, man, just the risk is too much for me. I just can't get my head around it. At like, and with the pokies, like they put them in joints where everyone's drinking, so you're so they're like they're getting people that have like they're probably like pretty, pretty pissed, and then they're going like, ah, oh, fuck, and I'll stick fifty bucks in it, and it's probably fifty bucks that they didn't really have to lose. It's no, yeah, it's a bad vibe. 
It's a bad vibe. My grandmother used to love the pokies. I don't fucking know why, but she was... Yeah, at, um, at Twin Towns on the Gold Coast, there's just so many nanas yeah. and elderly people just in there just, like, chucking, like, 50-cent bets on. You know that noise they make? Yeah. It's, like, fucking... Oh, it's such a bad noise. Do those noises... <laughs> they were, like... I mean, I, I don't mind it. Like, I reckon it's good fun, but that's because I'm, like, not exposed to it that much, and it's just, like, a novelty... But there's some people that it's not really a novelty to. <laughs> oh, no. Like old people just putting their, like, pension into, like, the pokey machines. I'm just, like, tripping on. But I'm, like, also, like, oh, you're pretty old. You probably fucking don't have much, like, left in yeah, the tank anyway. Yeah, it's a little bit of a spark in the day. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you packed up and then you came back down and someone had given you... Or you'd been... Had you been watching that swell that was heading towards uh, Tasmania? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd been talking to my mate Kelly Nordstrom, not Kelly Slater, everyone. And um, anyway, I, I I was telling him about the job and that I was close by and that it was going to be like the cheapest it could ever be for me to get down to Tassie. So there's a swell I'm keen. And when the show wrapped up, I was just, fuck, it was pretty funny. I was in Greenmount Surf Club on... Um, like last Friday, Arvo, like having a couple with the uh, Dozer lads and just catching up with everyone, you know, like there was like 20 people or something there. And he just rung me and he's like, fuck, it looks like it could be something. Like it's a bit iffy, the wind's a bit sus, but if you want to do it, do it. And it was funny because the Netflix, they actually like said they, they wanted to fly me back down to Melbourne to where my car was. Cause like I was saying, I drove across, but then they flew me up to the gold coast for the, for the one week there. And I was like, well, that works out pretty well. If they fly me out on Saturday morning for the, and the swells on Sunday, I'll just get a flight to Taz to Tassie on um Saturday Arvo. So that's just what I did. And it was pretty funny because I was at the surf club. I booked a flight to go to Tassie on like for Saturday Arvo. And I I fucked my dates up and I booked one for the 1st of April. <laughs> and I like looked at it and then I looked at the dates like as soon as I booked it and I was like, fuck, that's not right. It's like full little April Fool's Day prank for me. That joke's on me. And then booked another one. But, like, booked the right one, which was, like, the 25th or something. Did you get a refund? Uh, yeah, I had to pay 80 bucks for the refund, but I still got it. And yeah. I just used that to pay for the flight back to the mainland. But went down there and surfed ship stones and... So, how did you, obviously, you didn't hike it in? Uh, I was on, was on my mate's ski. I've walked in before, but... Oh, you have surfed it before? Yeah, I have surfed it. Oh, okay, cool. And did you paddle it the first time? Yeah, I paddled it the first time. You got to paddle it the first time, everyone. Is that the rule? Kind of. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon I reckon it is, for sure. And so the first time... Paddle it before you tow it. Did, uh... What sort of board were you riding the first time you paddled it? I had a 6.4 that ended up, ended up breaking, and then... I had a six eight, which was just way too big, but it was all I had, and then I ended up breaking that as well. But that was over two days. And so, how was the experience of paddling it? It's pretty cool. Like you're obviously looking for way different waves to when you're towing it, but you just want one with a nice little chip in that you can get sort of 
roll in and then scoop around the step and pull into the pit. Was there many other people paddling it? There was a lot of people there that day. Yeah, okay. Like um, Nate Florence was there. Like he um did posted bulk YouTube videos. There's heaps of body water. He, he there. was paddling it. Yep. Have you surfed with him much? Um. Yeah, at uh, just shippies, and then seen him in Hawaii a bit. Guy's pretty fucking core. I wouldn't say he's, he's probably like the furthest thing from core, <laughs> but. Pretty core prit, but <laughs> but he um no he's, I mean he charges oh he that's, has he's fucking one of the best ever that's what sorry that's what I meant yeah yeah <laughs> if you've got a sticker on your board and you're getting paid money to surf you're fucking not a core surfer in my opinion can we break this down a little bit yeah fucking uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, let's break that down. So if you've got a sticker on your board and you're getting paid for, to serve, you're not that core. Nah. Now, I... Can you tell me what you mean by that and I'll tell you what I perceive that to be? Um, well, I... Well, my um interpretation of, like, someone that's like a core surfer as people throw around a lot nowadays is someone that's just totally content with surfing and like in its most like kind of pure form whether it's like surfing heavy waves with no one around no cameras or anything not running an instagram account so people think to like inflate your ego like just someone that is just doing it like all for themselves and they might just be like a tradie or something like that and you know maybe they would like to be a pro surfer but at the same time like yeah you know how you were saying that guy was like when you're down at black point and then the guy paddled out right that to me is like what like someone that's doing it pretty core yeah yeah yeah. or um i mean you can still be like a pro and be like pretty core like there are crew like that camel camel but he's not a pro no i mean but he's core yeah camel's core as yeah but um yeah, people think that core is like being like retro, like in early two thousands, and that's like not really core. Cool. That's just like throwback. Like how is that's yeah, yeah not the idea of like yeah what that is. But that's my interpretation. All the bodyboarders pretty much they're all core as fuck because none of them get paid anything, and they just do it because they love it. But whereas there's a lot of big wave surfers and stuff that get paid money to surf big waves, like crew in Hawaii, like and all that, like. They're getting paid to surf those waves. And they might like doing it at the same time. But when you hear them talk about it, it doesn't sound like they're that into it. They're like, scary thing ever, like all this shit. Like, you know, they make it they make it sound like they're fucking doing it just because they like, I need this to support my family and all that shit. And it's like, yeah, you do, but you can support your family in other ways. You can it's not your only fucking job that you can have, you know? So they must like doing it, but yeah, that's just what I reckon. Like if you're getting paid money and it's sort of like, there's sort of like can be ulterior motives involved in doing certain things that you'd probably not that cool. Fuck. Man. That's like my really detailed breakdown of what my interpretation is. I don't care who anyone is and what they're doing. Like if you're getting filmed 
and shit like that, even if it's in the most remote place ever, it's still like not that, it's not really that core because you've got like someone there with a camera. Like I don't think that anything that I do is core. I just am like a guy that just likes surfing. Yeah, and but you are. It, I suppose there's levels of of what people perceive core to be, and then what you just broke down as a. Oh, I'm like talking about like the rawest. I like, love that most tapped fucking motherfuckers ever. That's my interpretation of what I think core is. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, because I, I completely concur and say yep. yeah, that is what. But that's because I know a lot of people like that as well. And if you haven't been exposed to all those people, then how you're not going to know any better. And then you hear people throwing around all this shit, and then you're just like, well, well, you'd have to say ninety five percent of surfers, whether they're getting paid or not, most of the time they're surfing through the eighties and early nineties and early eighties and like all that period. You'd say maybe ten percent of their surfs were filmed or photographed. Yeah, and so those guys, even though they're getting paid for it, yeah, they were still surfing for the love of it. Yeah. Because most of it was unnoticed. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of stuff nowadays, it's like you want to like, you want to go, if you're getting paid, like you want to film a lot and you want to get as good as shit that you can get. It's all about content and eyeballs. Yeah. And um, the fact that you're like getting someone to go and film and stuff, it's already like makes it like you're not like, you know, you. it's like, even if you like doing it, there's still another thing that you've got, they're doing, you know? Well, isn't there a thing like certain surfers wouldn't surf pipe until the light was right because the photographers wouldn't be on yeah, the beach? Yeah, that's the thing for sure. Or, um, yeah, plenty of that. Plenty of that goes on still. Like, I don't really think like that, but there are people that do. It's, it's an interesting time we find ourselves in. You can still be, like, a pro and be, like, pretty cool, like, make cool surf edits and stuff. Like, that's what, like, Noah Dean and, like, those kind of lads do. You know, a lot of the free surfers are pretty cool, but I, you can't, like, do comps and be cool, in my opinion, because you're running on someone else's program. You're not running your own show. So the comp scene, you're pretty much, like... A comp jock. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, like someone like I saw that you'd interviewed that Tim Stevenson dude. He's core as Tim. Yeah, so cool. Oh my god, some of the stuff I've seen of him over the, there was this wave. Like I'm not going to say where it is in the Pacific Ocean somewhere, and he gets the most crazy paddle wave on it, and I was tripping, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" That's kind of like what like it's a pretty core move. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we've dissected the core because you know, like, look, fuck, pro surfing is just what it is, and oh, and that's like not to take away from anyone else's like interpretation of things because it's just a fucking word. It doesn't mean anything. Like, imagine trying to explain that to someone that didn't know anything about surfing. They'd just be like, "You're just a, if you're a surfer, you're a surfer." No, but you no, know, I'm saying it's all yeah. It is interpretation because yeah. my opinion of you is you're pretty core. Yeah, I don't think I'm like and you that don't think core. You're core, you know. And Some people might, but like I just compared to what I see other people do, like, like, no, I, I know, I know, yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. You know, there's dudes cruising around under the radar, yeah, 
fucking going unnoticed, doing core shit. Yeah. And doing it for the love of it. And they're, you know, part of the fucking whole ecosystem and just it's not about who's watching and who's doing what. Yeah. I think it's also like they're the kind of people that I look up to. Like I don't really look up to any pros because I, I just look up to people that I think are doing shit that I'm like, wow, that is like fucking loose ass. Like <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of guys like that's that surf the right that have been surfing it for like 15 years and stuff, like local lads like this dude, Chris Ross, another dude, Ben Rufus and that, and they just have done some of the most wild shit like over the years with no one around and yeah. Is it Josh Palmatier? Fuck, not him, not him, but like a different. But crew. he was he someone he in my eyes when I was in Marks back then, that dude was core for sure. Yeah, like there's a there's a lot of um, yeah. Back in the day, there's probably a bit more um like rawness to surfing. Like nowadays, it's become pretty pretty clean cut, but there is definitely a group of people that are kind of keeping it raw. I think raw and core are kind of like a similar word. And that's yeah. like a lot. Like I think there's like pro surfers that are pretty raw, but. Do you think the West breeds raw? I think yeah, the I reckon. Does. Yeah. Anywhere like, um, anywhere where there's not as many people, it's more remote. You have to work harder for it. There's less eyes on the border sort of. And um, yeah, like a place like Hawaii, like fuck, it's, there's a million cameras everywhere. Like, oh, plenty of core, everyone's c- raw crew, but it's so saturated. Yeah, saturated. I mean, yeah, yep. You know, not like, not like there isn't, but fuck. Seems like everyone's got it. Everyone's got a sticker on their board and trying to trying to prove something. But do you think that, like, I, I from that whole aspect of it all and social media aspect of it all, your tolerance to and saturation point like i look at stuff now and i'm just not excited by things like i used to be because it's yeah. so in your face repetitively i like, was thinking about that the other day actually just um like some of the rides you used to see people get like um back in the day like two two or three waves would almost make someone's career like in big waves but now it's like that doesn't mean anything. Kind of like no one can, like you can't do it off like a couple waves and then all of a sudden you just let someone, you know, that's not really a thing anymore. Like if you actually really want to like be, like if you really kind of want to like fuck for lack of a better term, like make it, um, you've got to push real hard. And what does make it look like to you? Um... It's probably different for everyone, but for me, it's just like getting like paid enough money to live off surfing and maybe can buy a house and shit. Yeah. That sort of vibe. It's yeah, probably yeah, like yeah. anyone's interpret. Like if you're a, if you're a tradie or something, you'd probably be like, fuck, if you buy a house and stuff, you probably think, fuck, I've done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a nice, nice way. Like I, you know, yeah. I, I, think I don't it, think of making it as being like, oh, I've got a million dollars and all these like crazy shit, and I'm <laughs> fucking that cool. I just think of it more as like a way of like, you know, sort of doing well for a few years and maybe yeah, buying a house or something and having like enough money to live like a 
decent life and then you can transition into something else. To me, that's like they kind of made it as a surfer. You're, um, I really like the edit you did. Then uh, so you have, a, I'd say there's a creative aspect in you floating around in there. For sure. Like, yeah, I just, it's cool when you go out and have all these sessions and then you get to, um, you kind of get to relive them by like making the edit and it adds like another layer to it of just like you had the day and you had so much fun that day, but then you get to like put some music to it and sort of it's like gives it a new life almost. Yeah. Whereas like at the time, like, cause you'd have sessions where you go out and you don't like remember it that well, but if you have all the footage, make something sick and then, you, you kind of, you can just watch it. Like, I like watch, I fucking, some people probably don't watch their own surfing, but I like watch my own surfing, but it's not because I want to like be like, oh, that was so sick or I'm so cool. It's more of like a thing of like, fuck, I remember like that session that was all happening and like it jolts your memory a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I like about it. And well, you know, weirdly to, to cut you off just for a second, but yesterday I got a wave from uppers and... Anyway, then I ended up inside lowers and uh, it was really weird swell yesterday and I got like five or six on the head uh, after I came, finished my wave and then I got pushed all the way down the valley and then by the time I got paddled back up through the valley and got back to lowers, I was thinking, I don't even remember what happened yeah. with the wave that I caught to yep. get me back to this spot. Yeah, and it took me from paddling from lowers to uppers to go. What actually happened on that wave? Like yeah. you just forget, man. Like, yeah, for sure. You know? Like sometimes, um, especially in the big stuff, like I forget. Like I remember how like the wave felt, but I don't really remember what I was looking at. I just would like feel good after wave a wipeout. I always remember the wipeouts. Like so, like. Fuck, and then I did this and that. The wipeouts are what I remember the most about everything, about all the um, big waves that I've surfed. Oh, yeah, I remember when I clipped the rail there and I was looking up at the lip landing on my face. <laughs> like, I remember when I did, like, 10 cartwheels and then got smashed and then I popped up and I was... I had this one wipeout at the right where I, like, clipped a rail on the way in and then I was looking up at the, at the lip on this massive barrel and then when I popped up, I was looking at the... You know, usually you pop up from a wipeout and you're kind of looking back out to see, like you sort of like have your bearings. I just was so disorientated and I popped up and I was looking at like the the beach, at like the headland and I was like, oh no, there's going to be another wave land on my head. And then took a quick breath and turned around and there was nothing there. My mate Zach was just coming in to get me and he was like, fuck. Fuck you! Fucking got pretty smashed on that one, eh? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yep. He's like, yeah, you got blood coming out of your nose. <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> is that like one of the heaviest ones that you remember? Like, do you think probably it probably is the heaviest wave I've had out there? Yeah, on or the heaviest wave I've been smashed on at least. And do you for that like hair trigger moment where you know you've clipped the caught your rail? things are going pear-shaped and you have that moment of, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> was it like it is a real yeah. oh fucking? I always, I don't have like it's not always for me like an oh fuck like now when I fall I kind of always think. Uh, <laughs> that's like a different that. kind of oh fuck. Yeah, it's like or like oh this is gonna take so much energy out of me like this is gonna ruin my day or like I'll be underwater just going like. Pretty relaxed, but like not stoked. <laughs> not like panicking, just like, yeah, I guess like, oh fuck, but not like, oh fuck, I'm gonna die, oh fuck this. It's like, oh fuck, I could just be like, could have just made that wave and then just be like already on another wave, probably. And instead, you're like in the channel, like coughing, like, maybe like coughing blood or something. <laughs> Do you, um, do you have rituals? Do you do yoga? Do you do anything outside of? Uh, not really. I actually, um, I have a foam. I say not I have a yet. foam. I have a foam roller. Yeah. And I like I use it every day. Okay. That, maybe that's my like ritual, and I stretch, and I surf a lot. So how how often do you spend stretching? I might I might stretch for like five minutes every day or something. But it's it's continuous. Yep. Yeah. And like... then get on and then get on the roller and roll everything out. So I feel like I'm always pretty flexible. Yeah. Which I think is key. A fucking oath. And yeah, my physio that I've like had that's looked up like looked after me a bunch, Trev. He always he always says like you're pretty. There's people that are like kind of like skinnier and stuff and they're real flexible but they're not that strong whereas like you're like a bit more built so you're kind of like already stronger but like if you can be more flexible it's pretty um good combo yeah good combo so that's probably what i try to do uh oh man no that's good to hear because i was like yeah you've got you've got to do something yeah like the difference between my surfs honestly if i spend like yesterday I did a 20-minute stretch before I surfed. Yeah. And I had a really good surf. Yeah. And I reckon the difference between me... Well, I'm 46 now. And the yeah. difference between me not stretching and stretching, I, I, I reckon it's 50%. Yeah. Like I would have a 50% better surf if I just take the time to limber, even if, limber um, up. Even if you surf somewhere where you have to do like a bit of a walk-in and then you've like warmed up and like even though you don't... You don't know it. You've already yeah done like a decent warm up. Hips have yeah. loosened up, lower back. Like yeah, yeah, totally agree. Because if I if you go from sitting in a car for me to paddling out, and if it's cold, like fucking forget about it. My timing is so off. Yeah, like it's it's not good. My circulation's off. Like I get numb quickly. Yeah, like toes go you know, in the winter, like white straight away. Is that is that anything to do with the fucking thing? Di- diabetes. Yeah, it could be like diabetes. You know, I've got to be real like methodical about my process now. I've yep. got a sugars diet. You know, do you, wear, do you wear booties here in winter? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a hood these days. Really? So, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, when I was younger, I was like, I'd never be one of those hood guys. And now I'm like, fucking, yeah, hood, no dramas. Yeah, I'm all about it. Whatever keeps you surfing longer. Yeah. Um, now, so do you travel with your brother much? Because I saw in that clip that you, you were with your bro. That's a pretty cool. Yeah, that's probably the only time I've done a trip with him, to be honest. But that was because he was moving 
across to South Australia on like a bit of a road trip himself. And then we just linked up, but it would be sick if I did a trip with him somewhere. He's, um, he lived, he moved away, lived in Adelaide for like two years, but he's just moved back home now. And I really want to get him like into like towing and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, it'd be pretty sick if he could come drive me. <laughs> and then, like, there's some of the waves that are, like, a bit more mellow that I could, like, I'd just be so stoked to get him, like, a big, like, pit pit out and then, yeah, have him run, like, safety and shit and just come on the fun trips. Like, there's a million other waves that are fun that you can go surf as well. It's not all about the towing, but, like, it would be pretty dope if, like, my brother towed me into, like, the best wave I've ever had, you know, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so you guys are tight. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and just jumping back, you we jumped in onto your first surf at Shippies was paddling and you got a paddle yep. to tow. You've just got back from towing. Yeah. How was it? Uh it was good. I got some good ones. It was kind of like it was a pretty sus looking forecast and that, but because I was already coming back down to Melbourne, it's pretty easy to fly the Tassie, so I just took the punt and I got a couple. Those photos you posted looked not too bad. Yeah, yeah. It was um it was it was pretty fun. Like I didn't get anything like crazy, like nothing like what I was fucking would like really want. But you kinda gotta um you can't really go to places and just think that you're gonna get like sick waves straight up. So you can't, I wasn't really like expecting to get I just wanted to get a feel for the running the straps because I hadn't used toe straps before and the feel for that step, hey, just, and I towed with this guy, um, James McKean, whose name is, who's like a full weapon, like one of the gurus out there. It's probably to me, it's probably him and a couple other people. Like he's probably the top, top three surfers at Shippies. And he was just, giving me so many different little like tips and stuff which is pretty handy i only fell off on like two waves and it was both because i got like chandeliered in the pit because the wind was a bit sus so i felt like i got the hang of the step pretty quick and i I just want to surf it when it's big and offshore like it was kind of like it's kind of like a bit like of a sus wind just making a few chandeliers and stuff but i was like fuck i can't wait to come back when it's just like yeah, big and offshore, and there's it's like paddle paddlers as well. So it's a pretty this, sick wave to paddle. If you're on the right one, it's like not crazy hard, or you, I mean, you can go as hard as you want really paddling out there. But like you'd see like Russ, Russell Bjork and stuff. That guy's cool. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> he he like is cra- He's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um. And so the straps, where, where, where's, where's your, where'd you land on it after? Uh, I just used my mate's, my mate's tow board that had them. And yeah, I kind of, I kind of liked the way they felt, but I, I don't think I'd use them unless I was surfing a wave that was steppy. Yeah. Yeah. I like the feeling of having free, like your feet be a bit more free. Yeah. And um. yeah, but. Kind of hope that in the next like couple of months I can get like another swell down at Shippies and like I really want to get a good paddler because it feels it's just it is better like you can't deny it. like if you could paddle the right successfully and like it did have entries and stuff it would be so much skid than towing it. 
I like, like you know those crazy big gnarly paddlers you see at Chobes? They're like way skitser than any of the tow waves that go down. They're fucking insane. It takes so much more skill to be able to paddle into like a massive slab. Like paddling a big burger like some of those waves in Hawaii and that, like kind of anyone that is half a good surfer can do. But paddling like a proper slab like shippies or... um, Chopes. Chopes. Yeah, shippies and chopes are probably the two that just popped to mind for me. Is like an is like a pretty like you have to have a fucking you have to be a good surfer. Yeah, we see that raw uncut footage. I think it was on YouTube. It like goes for forty minutes or something, and it's the day that Andy and Bruce were out there heckling each other and just pushing each other. Yeah, like, fucking gay you pussy kind yep. of shit. I, I I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, fucking earth. Yeah. That kind of shit is for sure. But um, yeah. Pretty much, like, jet, jet skis just aren't that, like... It's sick getting, like, heaps of tubes and stuff, but it's way more of a challenge paddling. Like, I, everyone knows that nowadays. Mm. I just like toe waves that you, like, can't paddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're both so, at their place. Like, you yeah, know, it's like chalk and cheese. I also like... I like the ski for the shark factor as well. Oh, man. Fucking no doubt. But like... I reckon um, all the best waves that I've had, apart from, like one like really fucked up wave at the right have been like paddle waves it's just it's like adds another level of intensity which i guess is why it's like it's gone like full circle like early 2000s and that people probably got real into towing and then people realized wait we can still we can still paddle like porto escondido or we can still paddle jaws and that i think you could have probably paddled jaws the whole time but you know even shippies and that they wouldn't have it wouldn't have been getting paddled before it was getting towed, or I could be wrong, but it's definitely pretty fucking crazy watching someone paddle into like a giant pit. I've like paddled into like kind of bombies before, like those outer reefs on the North Shore, and it's pretty sick. But it's it's not like it's not like paddling into a full blown slab that is just like the most fucking grunt looking wave coming at you it's just like a rolling sort of wave and you're just like oh i guess i can paddle it how many times you been in the north shore i've just been there once but i was there for like six weeks and love it uh i wouldn't say i love it i'm actually not like a crazy fan of it what waves did you like i would just surf off the wall the whole time yeah okay yeah i i, I liked it but it's not like it didn't like blow my mind or anything. No, well, I, I mean, I've always from thought in my mind, like they say that Western Australia pound for pound is pretty much the same as the North Shore. Yeah, I think so. I think WA's got heavier waves than North Shore, full stop. But, but, um, yeah, pipeline is like real, it's really fucking heavy and. You can get real hurt out there, but also there's so many people surfing, and it's like it's like someone's bound to get fucked up every now and then. So when you see that someone got belted and it's all over the surf media and it's kind of like oh this wave's so heavy and that you're like well I know like about fifty waves that are heavier that get surfed way less that have a similar kind of injury sort of thing. 
But I think what makes Pipeline so dangerous is just there's so many fucking people out. Oh, my God. Like, so I like going over the off the wall. Like off the wall is a, is, is a way more like close. It's more of a closeout and stuff, not as perfect. But to me, like what um, putting yourself in a position that you like choose to be in on the way, whereas at Pipe you're like having to take off in a spot that you wouldn't usually. So I think when they do like that, they did that Vans Pipe Masters this year and then the normal like WSL comp or whatever. Being in one of those would be pretty sick because you get to sort of pick and choose a bit more. But when you're just out there free surfing, there's 100 people out. I think even the local Hawaiian lads that sort of run the show, I think even like a lot of the time, they're not even in the spot where they would like to be. And that's why they get a bit like, can get a bit like fucking, you know, like all these people. But um, yeah, I think that's what I was a bit like didn't like that much about the North Shore. Like I just felt like I'd put myself in positions where like I didn't really choose to be there. Like it's one thing like choosing to take off on like a gnarly wave and being like, all right, well, this is taking a punt. And there's another thing being like forced to, otherwise you're not going to get a wave. It was funny though. The two waves that I did get to like be in the right spot for and take off where I wanted to ended up being the two waves, the two best waves I had the whole time. So... And off the wall. Uh, one was pipe. one was actually at back door on a day where pipe was like second reefing, so everyone like doesn't sit at, like you can get back door ones, but you pretty much have to just go straight and get washed around at the end of it. Yeah. So like people don't want to like do that, and the other one was at off the wall. It was pretty sick, but I'd like to go there and have like a team house or something. I was kind of just there like running my own sort of like show kind of. Like, I stayed with a few people and they were all right, but I it would be sick if Rusty got a house there. They don't get a house there. But if they did, it would be cool. But it's I, fucking expensive as well. Oh, totally. I think that's, like, another thing that was sort of, like, annoying me, just spending, like, so much money on food. Yeah. And like, but not really seeing the reward with how good a waves that you get. Because, you know, a lot of the time you go on a six surf trip somewhere and spend like 10 grand, like if you want to go that big, you're going to probably get good waves. But when you when you see all these good waves coming through and you can't get one, but they're there, it just is so frustrating. No. And that's pretty much what the North Shore is. Everywhere you go to surf, you just see good waves come through and you can't get one. And then if you do get one, you're like, well, that was fucking one wave that pretty much cost me 10 grand. And like it was like an eight foot tube. Whereas, like, there's, like, days at North Point where you can get, like, wave after wave like that if you're, like, from there, you know. Mm. And it was it's something that you kind of have to, I reckon you sort of have to do once. So I'm glad I ticked it off. But I guess I'll be back if I ever have the means to want to go and do that expensive trip again. I've got two more questions for you. Yeah. Do you ever... um? Like when I was over there, I never surfed it, but like uh, crews that always talk about the boat ramp. Nah. Oh, boat ramps at... Um... In Preveley? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant on the North Shore. When I... Oh, no. Sorry. At Preveley. Jumping um, back. I haven't surfed it, but it looks sick. Yeah. yeah. Big, long... Big, yeah. That kind of works the same day the North Point works, but I've got like an 8.4 paddle gun that I could probably take out there and have a good crack. It looks sick. It actually throws a pretty mean pit. 
on the right one. Yeah, it's like the boys used to talk it up big time. I was like, it's too. It was way out of my depth back then. I was just like, fuck no. Yeah, it's yeah that one, and then a lot of people surf Margaret River main break when it's real big as well. But I think boat ramps is kind of the one. And then the bommy in between. Yeah, Marg's bommy. That's called. Have you surfed that? No, I haven't surfed any of those, but I'm like, yeah. I'd rather go get pitted. Yeah, I surfed the bombing once and it was the scariest paddling I've ever had. It's far, eh? Fuck me, man. Paddling <laughs> in, it, like I got out there. And there's like, there probably is a water rushing out too. I finally got out there, like I paddled across, got out there. There was three guys out there that I knew. Yeah. And then one of the, the South African guys went over and on the left, broke his leggy. Oh, you wouldn't want to break your leggy out that far. Broke his leggy. And That's pretty much like board's gone. Well, they were out chasing it, right? So Ollie left to go and chase, helped him. And then I think there was one guy called Tom and then he got one. What were they? Were they named Ollie and Tom? Yeah. That's funny because my I, my name's Ollie and my brother's name's Tom. Oh, really? Well, there yeah. was an Ollie and Tom that I knew and they lived in um, Gracetown. <laughs> yeah, sick. And they used to work at the pub with me. Yeah, right. And... Anyway, then Tom got one and he went in and I was left out there by myself and I was just petrified, man. I was 18 and I was just so scared. Was I, it very big? I thought it was huge. Yeah. And An I, open ocean, like, nastiness kind of. Just I just felt so unnerved. Yeah. And I ended up just being, like, chipping into a smaller set and just riding it as far as I could and then paddled all the way back by myself. And I just, like, I don't remember it being a great experience. You know, I was just was like, so I was counting my strokes back just to keep my mind from fucking flipping out too hard. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is behind me? Not two, four, six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I can stop this. I'm going to ask you a question um, and you don't have to talk about because I don't know if you know about it or not. But, I want to um, take a leak. Oh, you want to take a leak? I'll press pause. Okay. And we're back on. All right, we're back on. Um, life is a highway. <laughs> so, what, you're on the road now? Yeah, I'm, um, so we're in, I guess we're in Torquay, and I'm going to drive back to West Oz now. Straight shot? Uh, I think I might try and stop off and surf some waves, but we'll see how the forecast goes. Yeah. Um, and you're really going to split now? Yeah. Like, really, really? Yeah. Ollie Henry, I'm not going to keep you any longer. I'm just going to say thank you so much for making the effort of coming and, and getting the fucking... Oh, cheers for having me. When I, met, when I met you the other week, I was like, fuck, this bloke's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you had a podcast, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Dude, that was, that was a funny meal with Billy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I went back to my room <laughs> just cracking up over that... Uh, dinner. I was yeah. having a good chuckle. So, man, I, look, I'm stoked. It's been good to meet you, and I'm stoked that you've made the effort to come and get in the horse's mouth. Well, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Fucking big ears. <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Ollie. Uh, there was my chat with none other than Ollie Henry. Ollie, thank you so much, man. Uh, I hope you're driving. Uh, like lightning speed out there, pedal to the metal, uh, dust blowing up everywhere. No, I hope you're taking it easy, man. Um, thanks again for coming over. And for whoever you else, whoever else of you are out there in the world, 
Thank you for listening. I always appreciate your ears and I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Ollie as much as I enjoyed having it. Okay, until next time. Adios. Adios.